0: welcome back to the technical area your football manager podcast brought to you by me your host gaffer gramo once again apologies for the long layoff the long gap between episodes it was certainly not planned it was certainly not expected i hope you had a wonderful december whatever holidays it is you spent and happy new year first Sun talking in 2022 which was not expected either, I thought I'd been back with you much sooner, but here we are. Once again back in, in the middle and in the thick of things as well. It's been so long since I last recorded, even think Grass and Gear have managed to get an episode out, so <laughs> it's um I know it's great to see those lads back as well. Great to see the new year starting off with the football manager content as good as twenty twenty one left off. This week we're gonna be talking about I suppose what you can talk about formations and the inevitability of 433. Because it almost seems like in football manager that 433 just seems to be the shape that it's easy to revert to almost. It's become this generation's 442. It's a shape that's very It's so it's with so much appeal. There's so much going for it that it's very easy to go and fall into the trap of a 4 4-3-3 without even thinking of it, without use, consciously using it. Squads seem to be uh, set up to play with that system from the beginning and then even your opposition, your opponents we see many using 4-3-3 systems now so I suppose that's the big thing that we're going to get into this week get into the discussion and find out just exactly how inevitable is 4-3-3 and why really does it have the appeal it does now I've spoken on the topic of formations many times before I've spoken in the past as well and I suppose one of the things we really have to understand about football in particular is the crude definition of a formation. That When we talk of 4-3-3, we talk of shapes like these, 4-4-2, whatever it is. What it really does is it doesn't really grasp fully what a shape is really going to play out in a match situation. It's what it looks like on paper, perhaps beforehand to us. It's a simple definition for the media to really give us as well before a match starts. And it's a really kind of a good starting point for discussions on whether you're in the terraces or in the pub watching the game. And if you've read the book Inverting the Pyramid, I know many football manager players have done. And when it's a book that does divide the community because, you know, it's not a tactical bible. We get an understanding of how and why football tactics have evolved and changed through time to the patterns that we see today. We can see why, how and why formations such as the WM arrived and thrived. We can see how players and roles have changed across the world as different managers, different coaches. They began to understand how football needed to move away from two defender systems to five Defender systems now. Midfielders became more defined in roles that often encapsulate cultural preferences. We've seen how 4-3-3 was arrived at. Because we understand how flexibility and fluidity have emerged and replaced more structured approaches. And we can see how these formations can deceive as lineups and roles really alter what happens on the pitch away from these shapes. Because what we've seen is you know 433 as a shape which it's, its associated its connotations in particular I go back to um you know total football the dutch and ajax teams of the 70s barcelona of the noughties. we we see and understand who 433 has arisen we see how it encapsulates and brings you know the perks and the benefits of a high pressing system which seems to be all what football is about now and we can see how formation like this has arisen To counter and evolve, formation has evolved to counter. You know what's currently happening on the pitch. How it's managed to break out and break past what is happening on the pitch, create overloads in certain places. In football, we've seen now. You know the rise. I suppose, in particular, since Antonio Conte's arrival in England with Chelsea, we saw that the switch to a three at the back system. You know, at a top six team for the first time in a long time. Or three five two, whether it was, three four three, three five two. We saw those systems come back. We see rigidity and, um, not rigidity, but a traditional, more traditional approach with the likes of Sean Dykes with the four four two. But again, with four four two, we've got to realize that four four two is also a very fluid approach. It can become four five one. It can become four three three. It could even become three four, three three five two. Because instructions and personnel, they bring about these changes. They change what actually happens on those pieces of paper. Because what we want with a formation is we want to be able to control space. If we can control the space on the pitch, we can control the ball as well. And with high pressing, with total football um, principles in place, we can play, We can control the pitch. We can control the game. We can play to our strengths. We can exploit weaknesses of the opponent. And with 4-3-3 what we get is a network of triangles up and down and across the pitch. Which is desirable in a total football system because of the passing options it gives. The ability to move the ball progressively through the pitch through these triangles. And what many squads predispose to a 4-3-3 system. Uh, from day one in football manager we've got to ask ourselves the question from the beginning do we lean in and or, or do we adapt, adapt or do we just go in with our imprint and try and change things up like most tactics with 4-3-3 is flexible 4-3-3 is adjustable and with total high pressing being in a total football being what are seen as positive and attacking systems we're now seeing an era of football where we ask the question, is attack the best form of defence? Because with a 4-3-3, when you are controlling the ball, when you are controlling the space, you can impose on the opposition as well as negate what they have. You have play players evenly dispersed across the pitch in, a, in the different combinations of roles that allow you to really bring about the type of game that you want to play not the one you want your opponent to play questions of course will be asked you how you adapt because fortress that could be a counter-attacking system it could be seen as it could be a negative and defensive system it could be a way for you to try and set up in a counter-attacking manner depending on the roles and combinations you use you've also got to be aware of different threats and how you've got to have Plans and strategies in place for how you adapt. For example, if your opponent switches to a two-striker system, how do you cope with a back four, with two strikers, with wingers potentially pushing on, or a ten playing behind that front two? You've got to have your ask yourself these questions and know how you are going to control the pitch, how you're going to control the ball. When it comes to your control of space on the pitch, are you going to do this in a symmetrical pattern across the pitch? breaking the pitch into zones and making sure you have players in the correct zones dispersed evenly or are you going to look over an asymmetrical slant whether this is to play to your strengths or negate an opposition's strengths to give yourselves the best chance of becoming the dominant team in the match of the controlling team in the game. When we look at 4-3-3 systems the best way to look at it is through your position map your average position map on your analysis tab. Because this can show you how well your 4-3-3 is playing. How well your dispersal is happening. And you might not even be setting up in a 4-3-3. But you could actually see maybe seeing a 4-3-3 happen. Because of the way your roles are combining on the pitch with your instructions. It's very difficult to see past a 4-3-3. It's easy to avoid it on paper. But in practice, again, another difficulty sits there. Because of the strengths a four tree tree has. Because we need to try and innovate past it. If you think of Tiago Mata, a lot of talk happened not that long ago about Tiago Mata's radical two seven two formation. But what wasn't understood at the time was that two seven two was a vertical read of the formations, not a horizontal read. So are we going to get into a situation in football where that's how we see the game being played now, understanding formations from left to right rather than from, you know, the defense forward through those horizontal lines? Because we need then to ask ourselves questions of how we, if we try this vertical approach, how do we disperse the players down the middle? How do we build the relationships between the two players on either wing? Now one of the, those seven central players is a goalkeeper. So how does the goalkeeper contribute to the possession phase of the game? Is it more aggressive or is it more passive? And judging by it, the fact the goalkeeper is specifically like, n- noted in the 272 you'd have to think it's a more aggressive way. That we are going to see the goalkeepers like Ederson becoming a more commonplace. they almost like... An, a sweeper or a very very defensive minded libero the mod- in the modern variant and then of course there's the balance of understanding we know ourselves when we layer a tactic horizontally but layering it or vertically along those lines how do we disperse the remaining six because three center backs means you've only got you know not many players can be or three central players in front Selecting three central midfielders means three can only play then either in front or behind, split between both. Selecting two strikers means, okay, what have you got behind you? Four. How do you disperse the four? Suddenly we see traditional formations arise then in how we read and understand them. But what you are looking here as is an even dispersal of players across space. And by balancing players evenly across the pitch, the power of four-three-three it just keeps rising and rising again. That total football era of Dutch football was two primary shapes: four-three-three and three-four-three. And what we've seen happen from Christ to Guardiola is the evolution of these shapes. Football's evolution is really beginning to shine through it as well. Because one of the great prophecies of those who study, analyse and comment and write on the game is coming through. Is coming true. And that is the loss of the striker. The loss of the number nine. We have seen at the top of the game a new role emerge. The false nine. Where players who would not have been typically associated with central roles in the pitch. Playing as a number nine. Becoming these number nines. Leading the line to an extent. Whether it's Firmino at Liverpool, Messi at Barcelona, or so many others across European and now world football. We are seeing football move away from strikers when the principle of the game is to score goals. And I know for many it seemed radical when we first came across it. But Guido Merida in the football manager community has shown and led the way. He was at the forefront of this tactical evolution in-football manager in the community with a striker site, one of the most radically um, interesting and informative uh, of the FM sites that are out there. That Pep Guardiola Manchester City site, it's very intriguing to watch. because We've seen it evolve through the years with Aguero leading the line, with Dzeko, Jesus, with the versatility he's offered. And now you're looking at the Man City side of this season who are controlling and winning the league without a recognised striker almost in their starting lineups every match and then obviously summer links with the likes of Erling Haaland according to Fabrizio Romano at the top of their list for the summer of 2022 it is frightening to think how City evolve and incorporate a striker in the image and in the likeness of Haaland but what we're seeing here is a complete forward Striker capable of doing everything? And are we going to go back to the year then if the number nine does return to football of strikers who can do everything? What Guardiola's 4 3 3 has shown though is that it is not a perfect formation and total football wasn't perfect either. But we have to come to understand. How and why the philosophy in the 4-3-3 has become popular. And I keep repeating myself again and again. And it's something I'm trying so hard to do in Football Magistrate is not use 4-3-3. But when 4-3-3 offers an even dispersal of players across the pitch, allowing you to control space. In possession creating triangles of passing across the pitch. For me, who wants to play a possession-oriented game, out of possession, I can make my shape become a four-five-one or even a four-six-zero, as we're seeing more commonly happening in football. Suddenly, defensively, I'm looking an awful lot more solid than the exposed three that may be in the middle, where my wing backs have pushed forward from the four. And with the four-three-three, there's a versatility from players. That I love. I've always loved versatile players. But now we're seeing players not just being versatile in their positions. But versatile in their roles as well. A player being able to swap. Between playing as a winger. Or an inverted winger. Even from the same side. We're seeing teams being able to chop and change. Between advanced forwards. And false nines. Even wide forwards. And ramdaiters. Appearing more frequently. Being able to uh, switch so comfortably in a game with a player who narrows things up as a wide midfielder in the old ways we may have seen the 4-4-2 have in England with that one out and out winger on one side and that other wide midfielder tucking in almost to an extent creating a 4-3-3 so if it's as inevitable as it seems in real life is it inevitable in football manager and many would say no it's easily avoidable many of those of you who voted on the polls, over on the technical area itself. (laughs) Well, it's a very, very interesting picture you painted. We have Matt Allen saying all roads lead to 4-3-3 and 60% of voters saying yes. 4-3-3 is a tactical inevitability in football manager. We see many opponents playing this way. We see our teams, our natural fits. Again, I'm saying this stuff. And even considering, like I said, Thiago Mata's redefinition, the shape is easily arrived at, even if it's an unconscious or subconscious decision. Well, unconscious would mean, more subconscious decision. Because understanding that football is the ability to control space, I keep saying it over and over again, but 4-3-3 is inevitable because of everything it offers, because of how easily transformative it is. In possession and no out of possession. Becoming a 3-4-3. Becoming. A, a 3-4-1-2. A 4-6-0. Or whatever it is. 4-3-3. Offers so much on the pitch. It, bec- it can also become the shape of the team. Whether you're Even if you're set up in a different way. Your 3-4-3 could become a 4-3-3 in a match situation. And even if you're playing 4-4-2. Like I said. It can come a 4-3-3 so easily. So my challenge. And my. You know. Appeal to you almost. Is. Watch your shapes. Check your analysis. See how your team looks. See how your team feels. Look at the roles your players play. Look at the reports and suggestions. Your assistant and your other coaches may give. And 4-3-3. Maybe all they're saying and every arrow, every road may lead to that one destination but my challenge is for you it's a habit breaking one, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with 4-3-3, I can't but praise it, but in the same way football can become rigid with 4-4-2 for for such a long period especially in British football Sunday league teams still play 4-4-2 and not that there's anything wrong with it but again It's a habit-breaking one. It's something that we need to begin to innovate past. That 4-3-3 is where we start. It's not where we should arrive at. So through your formation, through your player roles, try and break the mold. Redefine your style. Because keeping some flexibility away from the allure of a 4-3-3 is a value to be cherished. So, whether it's your weekend session a football manager, whether it's the session that you're playing right now or the session you're going home to play or maybe it's when you're trying to sneakily get away with in work. Let me know how you get on. I'd be really, really interested to find out what it is that you're able to come up with your thoughts because I'm even happy enough to start some sort of discussion where People tell me I'm totally wrong and I'm totally out of order. And do you know what? I am fine with that. I will be tweeting very soon. Well, very soon when this podcast comes out. And um, I'll be starting to put the plans together now over the next few days before the weekend to get uh, episode, the next episode of the podcast ready. So keep an eye out for your tweets. I'll oh, so keep it on for my tweets. Get involved. There's a link down below to send voice messages in. And even if there's a discussion with this week's pod, it's more than welcome on next week's one as well. And like that, I will be tweeting out the link as well for you to tweet, um, get your tweets in like Matt did today. And have your say. Shape the podcast with your votes and with everything else. Because I like, always wanted it and I've always said it. Is that I want this podcast to be just one for the community, not just one for me talking into a microphone in a room for however long this episode is and every episode as well. But thank you for listening. Stay safe. Enjoy the football as much as you can. Enjoy AFCON as much as you can as well. It's great having that on as well at the moment as well as the, the club football. And I'll talk to you again next week. So until then, bye now.